Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Time to save Wati again! Yeah, there's a bit of a problem in Wati. It's worse than before. <laughs> Who knew? Hold on, flying undead. It's cool, we can all fly now. I mean, we, we fought a winged undead, we fought a baycock, so maybe that? Hmm. Well, I mean, technically the baycock was a flying undead, but he wasn't winged. True. I thought the baycocks had wings. No. Don't they? Oh, I thought they did. Nope. Oh, they I just, just fly. I just imagined them with giant bony yeah, wings. Me yeah, me too. Nope. They just fly. Wow. Okay, I got that all wrong. Never mind. So, yeah, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers had made their way to the capital of Osirian, the storm haven of Osirian, the capital of Sothis. And we got a nice little tour from Hollis. It's true. Yep. It's big. Hollis Real gave big. you the uh, two silver piece tour, mm-hmm. taking you through uh, the city, the old city, the streets of artisans, Sphinx side, where you stayed for a couple of days in a little... I was going to say bungalow, but I'm not sure if that's the proper. I was looking for something that seemed suitably bohemian. <laughs> going to go with Airbnb. bungalow. But bungalow works, I guess. Yeah, you stayed in your little bungalow with a uh, beatnik Osirians talking to you about artwork. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay. The constant smell of pesh wafting I've been, the I've been air. recently reading some more uh, Chambers, who's famous really for doing like the King and Yellow stuff, but as well as like a whole bunch of stuff. It's very much involved in the art scene. So I couldn't help but envision like all the the horrible combination Lovecraftian slash artiste things that the party could have gotten up to during this week, <laughs> of which I won't go into because the challenge rating was so low it did not give you experience. But I'm going to assume that Hollis and Citra had a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us? <laughs> Masika was crafting. Masika was crafting, and I'm going to guess that Sudi was, I don't know, punching out crocodiles or something. <laughs> Got to stay in service. shape. Public service. <laughs> Making the Sphinx River, you know, uh, cleaning up the Sphinx River. I'm going to say, I'm sure that Sudi put some ranks in swim after he nearly drowned that one time. Oh, yeah, I've got a plus 10 swim. See? You'll live forever. <laughs> Citra's the one who only put one rank in it and was like, that's enough. Yeah, what if sure. I told you that is just with one rank? Oh, good for you. So strong. I don't have your strength. I appreciate Jordan's little humble brag there. Uh, <laughs> however, the party spent a whole over a week in Sothis, upgrading their gear, preparing themselves, knowing that they would need to go out and face off against the returned, the risen Hakatep. Well, not no immediately. First, we were no, going to go to the slave trenches and, you know, drag his pyramid down. We had a whole plan we <laughs> learned from Chisasek, and then this flying pyramid had to go and ruin it. Yeah, you guys went to, uh, or at the very least two of you in the form of Citra and Sudi, went to go and give your respects at the tomb of Onurus. Uh, or at the very least, the tomb at the Shrine of Horus. And on your way back, Citra had been contacted with a brief statement stating that Citra, it's Tetmanib, Wati is under attack, a flying pyramid with beams of darkness and winged undead demands that we turn over the doorkeepers. Come quickly. I'm surprised he called me Citra and not Little Raven. That would have been Little Raven's too many words. words. He could have said Raven. Jeez, guys. He could have said Raven, but he was trying to enforce how dire the situation is by first naming you. Yeah. <laughs> like you did with Falto, you know? Well, not yep. you, but people. We left off with Citra and Sudi rushing through the city streets. So I suppose as we begin, I imagine Hollis and Masika probably spent a fair amount of time together recently because Hollis, when she hasn't been scribing scrolls for Citra, has been scribing scrolls into her spellbook for herself. Mm-hmm. And so at the very least, you can kind of do that as like, you know, commiserate spellcasters where you're like, we're not mm-hmm. talking, but we're in the we're same room working. together. I'm we're just providing... now putting a little bit of sand over the last scroll for Citra. Yeah. And wrapping it up and getting ready to give it to her. Masika's adjusting the screws in the uh, her new songbird's neck what to just it... fine tune that high peak. What did Narmer name it? Masika did give it to Narmer. Ah, uh, true. I'm going to call you Hootie. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish? <laughs> no, just Hootie. Hootie and the Catfish. Anyway. <laughs> nice. Wow. So this is Hootie. By the way, Hootie can't hoot, but has magical songs. Cool. You should really program Hootie to hoot. Hooting doesn't give him magic powers, though. Singing does. That's true. You know why I like the name Hootie? Why? It reminds me of Shooty. 
Oh. Oh. I'm don't, pretty sweet. Oh, look, it's Shooty. Don't lose his key. <laughs> nope. I kept it right here. It's guarded by a scorpion. He pats himself on the chest. Uh, Sudi and Citra, I imagine, rush in through the door at that point. As uh, We both just look over like, why are you Yeah. I'd say a little out of breath, but I think both of you have belts of constitution, so you're pretty good. Sure. Yeah, we're probably fine. <laughs> Hollis, um, please tell me that you have a uh, um, teleportation that we can use uh, literally now. We need I to mean, get to Wati immediately. Sure. Why? Tetmidim contacted me and said there's a flying pyramid over Wati that's shooting down dark beams and there are flying undead everywhere. Oh, well, good. Oh, Here you go. And I hand over the scroll of Overland Flight to Citra. Who's Tetmidim? <laughs> Masika asks as she starts to throw all of her crap in a bag. <laughs> He's our friend in Wati. He's a cleric. He's a priest yeah, of Phrasma. He's cool. We can talk about it when we get there. Let's get there. The pyramid asked for us by name. I'm going to cast Overland the Flight. The pyramid asked? That's cool. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the forgotten pharaoh said, hey, bring me the doorkeepers and maybe I'll stop attacking the city. I, I don't know if those were the exact words, but that's the gist of what is happening. We only Just have as a minor words, point you know of pedantic correction, the forgotten pharaoh actually only applied to Hakatep slash Sarathet. This should be the sky pharaoh. Hakatep then, fine. Whatever, Hakatep. he's Hakatep. forgotten because he was still out of history. Technically, the whole pharaoh himself is forgotten. Can you be out so of he history just, like, when opens you're shooting up lasers? His, uh, <laughs> his uh, bag of holding and just like, like, just kind of motions for everybody to shove all of their parts and pieces of paper and whatever else they need into there, and we'll sort it later. Wallace okay. casts mage armor, and then overland flight, and then teleport. <laughs> Jesus. As Sudi is like scraping all the ink vials and everything no, into the bag. No, no, Sudi, don't touch my things. We Sugar gathers my things for me. Here you go, Shooty. I, I took all of the have-to-use shampoo and conditioner bottles. <laughs> Every well, time I leave a hotel. This hotel. So I hope we have another hotel if we need to come back. They're going That's to true. try to charge us. I'm also keeping this towel. Let's go. <laughs> Why do you want a towel? For Stinger Jr. He's got it wrapped around his waist right now. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me in the middle of my oil bath. <laughs> Just leave a gold piece. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, places Hollis knows well in Wati. I'm guessing the Tooth and Hookah. I don't think you were actually staying at the Tooth and Hookah. Yeah, is that there was... another inn? Yeah, there are a couple of other inns in town. The Tooth and Hookah was just the one that was most convenient to the Necropolis. Can you just take us directly to the Temple of Phrasma? I didn't spend a lot of time yeah. there. I mean, notable landmarks would feasibly include uh, the Phrasma Spire. Yeah, pretty pretty much the market. Uh, Phrasma I don't Spire. Be in the spire. Be That's the Necropolis. You teleported to the necropolis, but Phrasma's needle also well, I mean, was yeah. there. Technically, but. the necropolis, well, it was free of undead. Yeah, who knows about now, though? Uh, let's go to the market. I feel like I've, I was you at the worked, market a lot. We went to the market a number of times. And that's not too yeah. far from the temple, if I remember correctly. It's been a bit since we've been at Wati. Let's see. Wati is small. Years. In Hollis's opinion, Wati's tiny, so wherever you land is fine. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is you didn't actually spend a ton of time in Wati, so... I'm going to judge it as being seen casually. Okay. So here we Let's go. Let's see. Oh, boy. What's the worst that could happen? Don't jinx us. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 90. Look, look what you oh, did. crap. Look what you did. 90, you say? <laughs> this will be interesting. All right. This is why I always prepare so backup. So you gather together. Hollis chants in tones. Reaches in a hand. All of you reach in your hand simultaneously grab hold. There's again that lurching sensation, that, that rug being pulled out from under you, that sudden fall. Jessica, go ahead and roll me percentile. Oh, another one? Another one. Oh, no. Well, there it is. A three. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't like uh, how Rick said that. Well, it's gotta be on Galarian. Uh, bounce me a D8 also. Oh, I hate rolling dice. A four. Okay. So there is this jerking sensation as all of you fall through space before exiting it, splashing down knee deep in reeds and water. Hmm. As you wrench yourself forward, Sudi being closer to almost chest deep as he pulls himself out of the water and probably spits and hisses. If Sudi's chest deep, Masika is head under because she's tiny. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you could swim. You could yeah. swim. You stumble your way free as Hollis, you look around and go, well, this wasn't my destination. However, as you do a slow circuit, Sudi probably turning back towards the river, helping Masika out, Citra looking around, noting the sun's position, kind of correlating, well, that's east. So, Hollis, you look, do one quick circuit, look up. You think you only missed your target by maybe four or five miles. Not far. All things considered, is a pretty good teleportation. Uh, as you're only off by 3% of the total distance you were traveling, which was 150 miles. Uh. In the distance, you can see a line that you think may be Wati. This is somewhat reinforced by the literal pyramid you see floating in the sky above it. Y'all want me to cast that again? Yes, why aren't we already in town? What's <laughs> happened? Magic, don't sass me. I'm not sassing you. I'm trying to understand and also panicking a little bit because my hometown's under attack. Magic isn't always exactly precise, Shooty. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go again. We tried this up until now. That That is right, Hollis, right? Yes. And okay. I was startled. Let's go again. Shooty's <laughs> <laughs> not helping your nerves. <laughs> I was startled too. I almost lost Stinger. Right? I mean, All there's right, no way of knowing that Tatman didn't even knew that we could teleport, so he's probably not expecting us for days. Yeah, That's true. true. All right, we try again. to teleport this again? All right. Yep. Oh, boy. Masika kicks her feet in the water before we teleport. Percentile. 45? Okay. So you take a glance around, decide that you don't want to spend the hour and a half walking or whatever it would be to nah. get back over there. <laughs> we don't walk. What level do you think we are? I didn't um, prepare my chariot. <laughs> <laughs> like, heck, I was, like, heck, I was going to walk into this town. I guess I could have flown, but still, that's weird. You chant and tone, put your hand in. The rest of the party does as well. Lurching sensation, world goes black. World re reappears as your feet touch down on solid stone. You stand in an open marketplace. Is this the right place? Pillars line the outside of this market. Off towards your right-hand side, you can see the canny jackal being re-repaired okay. as it's being reconstructed. A large central pool that you fortunately missed by about 30 feet. Uh, still contains albino crocodiles, which uh, kind of splash around in the water and look over with some concern as you displace the surrounding air and send up this plume of sand. For a moment, Sudi, you're a little bit off-put, as it is after dawn, but the market is empty. The Temple of Phrasma stands nearby, and two guards standing up front start as all of you appear out of thin air. Oh, sorry. The voices of the spire lower their weapons as they recognize Sudi. One of them gestures you forward, although again, your eyes are drawn up. For a moment, this, and Sudi and Citra both, I imagine your minds are thrown back to when you had gone into the necropolis to deal with Debtakufri and the crazed speeches of his grandmother. You see these angled shadows from the sky as the pyramid shadow slowly rotates by one corner of it rotating past as it cuts across the marketplace. As you stare up, all of you can barely even determine it's a pyramid as you're nearly directly beneath it. The bottom of it seemingly just stones placed in such precision to make it almost seem as if the blocks were solid, as if it was one sheet of stone. On the bottom side of this, you can see the design of a five-pointed sun. Will it? Is that significant to us in any way? Anyone that wishes to may make a knowledge history. Okay. All right. Hollis rolls a 13 for a 31. Yeah, I got a 13 for a 20. No, neither of you. Hollis, you look, you see it. It tickles something in the back of your brain, like hmm. a crest or something. But no, it's gone. Eh. All right, let's go. Sudi like starts marching towards the... Uh, Voices of the Spire. Tepanip told us what's going on. Take us to him. The two men look you over as you begin to approach. Once you make your statement, one looks over towards the other, nods, looks back. Tepanip is above. Uh. In the high priest's chamber. Not Septi? Or with Septi? With Septi. Okay, as good. well as Commander Shepis. They are awaiting you. All right, we know the way. Come on, follow me. Sudi marches with purpose, probably moving a little fast for everybody. Hollis is just like, oh, look at Sudi. You step up the stairs. Sudi's in familiar territory for once. You see a surprising number of 
priests and priestesses not attending anyone as if there it doesn't look like there's been an attack but in prayer hmm. as you make your way through the temple ascend up the steps to the second level make your way down the length of the hallway here as you have on so many occasions before Citra remembering the numerous times that she came here during the events of the undead uprising and even before that a couple of times during the lottery this is of course the first time Masika has ever been here. Hollis, you've never actually been to the second level of this mm. place. Uh, only going down to the basement once or twice for your dramatic meeting with Tetmanib. Mm, yes. Sudi, you approach the door, pause, hear voices in quiet discussion within, before I suppose rapping on the door and being granted entrance. Mm-hmm. The door slides open into a well-appointed office. Ahead, you can see the three Ferasmans. Shepis's face is dark almost more like his general countenance and this obvious concern as well as that brooding anger that you always felt beneath the surface as if he's ready to just maybe release the psychopomps like you thought about last time who knows i mean if they can all fly and would just go up that would be actually all right the <laughs> the smaller figure of septi the crocodile stands behind her desk piercing gaze same green eye coal same in control, but there's this obvious amount of concern on her face. And then the generally disheveled countenance of Tetmanib stands off to the side, his shock of white hair still managing to escape from his head wrap. His eyes glance over towards all of you, and he is the only one that is not wearing an expression of general concern or consternation, and instead smiles as the door opens and you enter. <laughs> yes, that was fast. Welcome back, my friends. I wish it could be under better circumstances. <laughs> exactly what he said. Hmm. Uh, Septi, Tetmanib, Shepis, this is uh, Hollis, who I know Tetmanib knows, and Masika yes. of the Beckon. Hello. I tip my hat. That's that's an armor. Hello. Points up an armor. Tetmanib inclines his head. A fellow avian lover. <laughs> he says, yeah. nodding to Masika's mechanical bird on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also have a chicken. We have lots of birds. We have a lot of birds. Shepis growls. I don't think we have time for this. This pyramid has appeared and asked directly for all of you. What exactly did it say and when did it show up? Well, and who spoke? Septi nods. The pyramid spoke. Oh, the pyramid itself. We saw it at first light. It drifted out of the north came to rest above the city. Mostly above the necropolis, although it floats in small circuits. It fired beams of darkness from the corners of the pyramid, burning everything that it touched. This it did in a wide circuit around the city. No one was injured. Detmanib mm. smiles. A warning. Then a woman's voice came from the pyramid. Mm. She said to rejoice for our pharaoh has returned. Mm. She demanded the doorkeepers, saying that they have refused my nephew's generous invitation. Nephew? Nephew. Nephew, eh? And as such must answer to me. Surrender the doorkeepers, and you may rejoin the glorious nation of Osirian. So it's probably his, well, the Sedite. Yeah. Well, it would have to be the Sedite. I mean, dark magic raining from the sky, burning burning stuff. That feels like Set. Uh, Sudi, I'll give this to you for free. You've actually met two of Hakatep's ants. Yeah, the warrior chick, too. But the warrior chick seemed cool, and I don't want it to be her. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know how loyal she was once he became pharaoh. Oh, well, yeah, who knows? Well, apparently she was one of his generals, whoever, because, right, each general got a pyramid. Apparently. I bet it is the warrior one. We should have the asked just a sec who all he built pyramids for. We should have asked just a sec if there was just like an abort button. You know, that wasn't <laughs> as complicated, you know? Well, we know of two ants of Hakatep, so it's one of the two of them, either the Setite or the one that trained him in battle. So what do we do? Surrender and then just start blasting? I mean, that seems like the best plan to me, personally. You mentioned flying undead? And other concerns. Such as? It only happened once when the pyramid first arrived. Anything that its shadow falls over, the air becomes cold, 
power wanes, and when it drifted over the necropolis, the dead rose. Not Mm. again. We were able to quickly put down their number. I thought you guys said all the dead and the necropolis were destroyed when the mask did its poof. But the bodies were still there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, all the dead are still, like, the bodies were there. All right, did they make any other demands other than for us? No, we didn't have a means by which to respond. We dispatched some of the voices of the spire to fly up and investigate. They were forced to retreat when they met with resistance. Flying undead. What kind? Mummified bodies with wings. Hmm. (laughs) That's a new one. So what do we do? Just fly up and bust in and do our thing? I mean, it seems so. I mean, it would appear that the pyramid itself is probably pretty impenetrable from a direct assault, but if we... The undead have to be getting out some way. What if we lure it away from Wati? I don't know if a giant flying pyramid that has laser blasts is going to be lured away very easily. They have a superior position and clearly want us, I'm guessing, alive. So I don't think we have another option. I have a crazy plan. I mean... Anything's possible right now. Let's go with crazy and then we'll work our way back. <laughs> we could dimension door up there. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd rather not end <laughs> up somewhere really bad. There's probably protections keeping you from doing just that anyway. I just The idea of just going straight up there, though, seems very illogical. I mean, there's nothing else we can do. I tend to agree. But we're walking into a trap. Everybody knows that. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, obviously. Of course. What if we go up there and surrender, and then when they take us to the big boss, Shooty punches them in the face? I don't think it's going to be that easy. Well, no, what they're going to do is take the mask from Shooty, put it on Hakatep, game over. Well, I doubt Hakatep's actually here. If he is, we're, let's be honest, screwed. Because eh, Sarathet said that the true Hakatep was even more powerful than she was because she couldn't even contain all of his power. It was going to kill her. No, if Hakatep was here directly, he would have no need yeah, to well. have an intermediary give his demands. Although it would be more efficient. It'd shave like an entire book off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that too. I doubt the pharaoh would do the dirty work himself. I don't really know if we have any other choice but just to attack. Septi does nod. When it was approaching the city, we saw an entrance on one side. There has to be a way for the undead to be getting in and out. This, perhaps, is your way in. I don't suppose you know what the symbol on the bottom of the pyramid. (laughs) It's a crest. Some sort of military icon. It was used by the great aunt of the city's founder. That would be Hakatep's aunt. Yep. We just don't know which one. Yes, since the city was founded by Dejerdit II, Hakatep's nephew. So it's either a priestess or some warrior chick, right, Sudi? Those are the two you've seen? Yes. Gosh, I mean, I it could be somebody warrior. else, but those are the two likely people. I'm sorry, I'm just picturing mummified Xena now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy Xena, warrior chick. We're, we're all screwed then. Uh, I do love Lucy Lawless. So, yeah, since we don't know how long they're going to give until they just flat out attack the city and the likelihood of them following us if we leave is probably slim to none because they'll just attack the city to draw us back and we don't know how long it'll take the slave trenches to activate and if it'll even bring down all the pyramids or just Hakatep's pyramid I think we've just got to attack well I'm not saying that's not the answer because honestly I don't know if we're going to have any choice but what if we attack and then they just kill the city? I mean, it tends to be why I think we should fake surrender. They're just going to strip of us of all of our gear. So then it's going to be before they take us to the leader. They're not going to just waltz us with all of this magic right up to their leader. Shepus, who has spent the last few minutes of listening to you staring out the window, looks back over his shoulder. I don't think they would just attack the city. This, whomever he is views himself as being the rightful ruler of Osirian. So why would he kill all of his people? Even if you don't surrender, we've done our part in calling you here, and he is Mm. interested in maintaining his kingdom. And nothing starts an open rebellion quite like killing all of the innocent people in the town. Yeah, I mean, if he kills everyone to get to us, what does he have to rule over? 
Well, he also doesn't care about starting an open rebellion, but... He also wants to take over the rest of the world. Yeah, so, okay, I mean, it sounds like we're flying up there. If it would be of assistance, the voices of the Spire still have some potions to allow one to fly, if you would wish to conserve your own magic. I mean, I already have mine cast, but... I have magic that can allow me to fly enough to get up there. I mean, I wouldn't say no to a potion to conserve mine. Septi opens a drawer and produces six potions of fly and simply lays them on the table. Take them and use them however you best see fit. All right. I don't think we have any other options other than to just go up there. No, it doesn't seem like we do. This is not good. But hopefully if we go up there, the pyramid will leave Wati. Mm -hmm. And if we defeat whoever's driving the pyramid or controlling it or whatever... Maybe it's like Narmer. A giant clockwork full of scorpions? Oh, where it's got like a power source. Or maybe it can only be controlled by certain people, but Chisisek seems to have put a failsafe in that gym. Hmm. Chisisek did true. mention there was some kind of something, right? A sigil or something that was con allowing them to fly? A device? Aeromatic infabulum. Infendibulum. If we could get to it, we'd probably just blast it or something and make or it stop working. maybe I could control it. I mean, I'm pro-flying pyramid <laughs> as a thing that we have. I like the idea that we're like, ah, screw the slave trenches. We're going on pyramid on pyramid battle. Also, yeah. if we can have an option where it doesn't fall on top of this temple. Yeah, crash into Wati, that would, that would be nice too. If we could take control of it... Then we could use it to fly to the slave trenches. That's true. Oh, we just squished that big old elemental guy. What? That elemental at the slave trenches. The big old, you just squish him with the pyramid, land on top of him. So he kind of looks at you like, um. I don't know, I'm just thinking. Let's worry one problem at the time. Right now, flying pyramid. So is everyone ready to go? Let me make sure I don't have any other buff spells. I'm as ready as I'm going to be. I was born ready. Anybody think there's, like, immunity or resistance to electricity or something would be good? I don't know. No, anything that would help you against uh, the mummy's curse. That would probably be beneficial. Oh, we got tons of remove curse. I'm not worried about that. It's a curse and remove and a disease. disease. All right. Well. Why not both? I'm as ready as I can be. I can see invisible stuff. I can fly. I got my mage armor on. Between Masika's 12 minutes of actual fly that her... Uh, Hex gives her and her celestial armor. She should be okay. Oh, you got celestial armor now? Nice. Well, that, yeah, I built it. Remember, I built it way long time ago. Oh, that's ago. right. You got that the last time we bought loot. Never mind. Not interesting. I actually was Googling around like ancient Egyptian armor and a bunch of them have like wing motifs and stuff. So yeah, Masika looks pretty cool. She has her falcon head nice. dress now and her snake band. and It's she cool. After this episode, you'll have to go on like the uh, Reddit and share some pictures. We'll need to get some like final art done, <laughs> like where yeah. we look at you know all of our stuff and be like, how do our adventurers look? <laughs> how now? did we end up looking? End of the adventure, kind of wrap up pictures. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose you make your way back out from the temple of Phrasma. Yep. Tetmaniv walks you back to the front gate. I just wanted to say, <laughs> we're all counting on you. No, no pressure. pressure. He then shuts the door. <laughs> I really love him. Masika uh, activates her hex and floats a few inches above the ground. Sudi taps his heels and I don't know, whispers whatever off they, of his shoes. There's no place like up, home. Up and away is. Yep, Citra downs a potion of fly. Hollis just steps into the air because she's been flying technically this whole time. Got that overland. Yeah. I suppose you just kind of ascend up to begin with. Uh, I'm going to assume that all of you are not ascending at greater than a 45 degree angle, all the rest of that stuff. I don't need fly checks, basically. Moving right, at least anyway. half your movement speed. Can we stealth? Is that even possible? No, there's no way. Not through open air. Yeah, yeah like, if it was, If nothing. it was nighttime, it would be possible, but you do not have cover or concealment. I guess we could have waited till nighttime. Hmm. Too late yeah. now. Little did you know, they just left off the part of the message that was like, you have until sunset. <laughs> yep. Then they start pew, pew, pew. Ascending up into the sky, you can get a much better look at this pyramid. The pyramid is large, hovering some 500 feet or so above the city below. Honestly, with its sheer mass and size, it's kind of an imposing, humbling sight. 
how this massive stone is managing to fly is, while you technically know the magic behind it, it's still mind-boggling. I mean, we kind of know the magic behind it. Like, yeah. it's you have a name to, to fly, it fly to it. is about as far as City knows. You know, with the sun motif, I bet it's the warrior because Sedites yeah. aren't big on sunlight. Yeah, they don't like the sun, right? Darkness in the desert and all that. I mean, the only reason I would think it might be the Sedite is just because of the beams of darkness. Well, that just may be a feature of all the pyramids. When we, get a chance, <laughs> when we get a chance, I'll flip through all those schematics we found. Maybe I can kind of start to figure it out. Well, maybe we'll just ask her when we inevitably have to have Sudi punch her in the face. As you ascend up, you reach the point where you can see the pyramid from the sides. Squinting against the light, this pyramid is polished and smooth on every face to such an extraordinary degree that it seems to reflect almost all of the light striking it, giving the structure this otherworldly glow and causing your eyes to hurt somewhat as you stare at the eastern and southeastern facing sides. A sphere of energy, golden, hovers above the apex of the pyramid, hmm. like this massive glowing light, almost like a second sun, although it seems to be streaming upwards like a line of light up towards the sky that fades to dimness some maybe 50 or 60 feet above. Well, that might be the uh, power source. As it turns... <laughs> Slowly. Again, it's just slowly almost rotating in place. You can see a single platform on one face, a dark opening yawning at the pyramid's base, and sur surrounding that, a, a landing platform. Although, judging by the steps that lead up to it, it almost seems like this would have been the front entrance to the pyramid to begin with, as if it were on the ground. Ah. As such, despite the fact that it's facing towards the south, you know that this would be the eastern face of the pyramid. Hmm. So... Um, you have to build it on the ground first. Sure. Yep. Do yep. we want movement speed or plus one to hit an attack? Hit an attack? Well, I don't even have... What are we going to hit? An attack. Well, I'm just going to say I'm going to start the bird singing now. Even from this distance, you can see four figures perched on the edge of this landing area. Almost like gargoyles, they don't move. I have a feeling they know who we are. Let's let them make the first move. Are you sure they're flying mummies? They might let us through. I still don't know what the controller of this wants. But if we start attacking, we can guarantee they'll retaliate. Well, we know what they want. You're wearing it. True. Sudi has a point. They might be stupid enough to let us in. That's kind of what he's hoping. Hollis doubts, but she'll... She'll play along. The less fighting we do, the better in his book. Now, you should want to destroy all the undead, thank you. Oh, no, he's, gonna, he's going <laughs> to destroy all the undead, but if he can get all the way in and kill the boss and then work his way out, it's like it gets easier as you go out. That's, I guess, fair. Hollis is like, all right, but her fingers are twitching, ready to cast a fireball. You're ready to disintegrate. Pew, 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 pew. I suppose you all glide your way forward? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. We'll make our way to the platform. You all fly forward, approaching closer. As you begin to get closer and closer to the structure, its immense size continues to impress itself on you. The four dark figures don't move as you approach. They're oddly shaped. You can see each of them is carrying a shield. They seem to be crouched, their knees almost up to their chests, their heads lowered. There's something odd about them. Once you get within 30 feet or so of the platform, they stand in unison. Each of these figures bears a kopesh in one hand and a shield on the other. The shield displaying a golden emblem of a pyramid divided into three steps. So basically the base of the pyramid, the middle of the pyramid, and then the triangle that forms the top. Their wrappings are black. Black burial linens that shroud these undead. And somehow, despite the fact that these wrappings are as black as pitch, their dark empty eyes are somehow darker. Each of these bears lamellar armor, and as they stand, you can see the skeletal remains of wings stretching up from their shoulders and down like angels, although bereft of feathers and wrapped in linen. The first one begins to address all of you. Can we identify what these were? Anyone that wishes may make me a knowledge religion. 
or knowledge local. <laughs> My knowledge religion is a nat 20, baby. A 42. Uh, yeah, I rolled a 7 for a 13 or 12, so I don't even know. Masika gets a 25 on religion. Uh, Citra rolled a 15 for a 33 local. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollis, looking these over, these are mummies. Yep, yep. Created to guard tombs of the honored dead, mummies are ever vigilant against those who would desecrate their sacred grounds. They're created through a rather lengthy and gruesome embalming process during which all the body's major organs are removed and replaced with dried herbs and flowers. Mm-hmm. After the process, the flesh is anointed with sacred oils and wrapped in purified linens. Oh, there you go. I wanted to reiterate this because despite this being mummies mess, you guys have not fought mummies in a long time. <laughs> <Nope>. uh, yeah, <laughs> not since, uh, what, book two? Mm-hmm. You may ask five questions pertaining towards the mummy. Ooh, five like whole questions. Yeah, I mean, is there anything different or unique about these mummies? They do seem odd, but it might be so unique that it is, in fact, capital U unique. Mm. I mean, I feel like we already know a lot about mummies, but... Um, okay, if you don't need a reminder or anything, we can go Are mummies vulnerable to fire? I can't remember. Sure, That's let's go question. with vulnerabilities. <laughs> Uh, mummies have a vulnerability to fire. That's what I thought. See? Woot. And their damage Fireball. reduction is all. Five everything. Yeah. That's two questions. Any further we, questions? We know about the disease, that it's a curse and a disease. Mm-hmm. We know that. We know they mm-hmm. have the fear. We know they have the aura of fear. Yep. They have a slam attack. Yeah. Their attacks can, all of their attacks can cause the mummy rot. Yeah. There's not really... If these well, are I mean, just if they stab you with a kopesh, it's not causing mummy well, rot. Well, they're so natural that, attacks, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of that. That's about, I mean. Yeah. I'm like, there's not anything super okay. unique. Their whole is just like, I want to throw a fireball down upon them. Uh-huh. Citra, these were at one point harpies. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Now they appear to be some sort of mummified undead harpies. That's really rad. That's pretty cool. Uh, you may ask, pertaining towards the harpy, three questions. Special attacks? Special attacks. Harpies have a single special attack. They have a captivating song. Uh Uh-oh. They can use the power of their song to infect the minds of those who hear it, calling them to the harpy's side. When a harpy sings, all creatures aside from other harpies within a 300-foot radius must succeed at a will save or become captivated. A creature that successfully saves is not subject to the same harpy song again for 24 hours. A victim under the effects of the captivating song moves towards the harpy using the most direct means available. If the path leads them into a dangerous area, such as through fire or a cliff, that creature receives a second saving throw to end the effect before moving into the peril. Uh, Failing that saving throw, they then either jump off the cliff or launch themselves into the fire. Uh, Captivated creatures can take no actions other than to defend themselves. A victim within five feet of the harpy simply stands there and offers no resistance to the harpy's attacks. This effect continues for as long as the harpy sings and for one round thereafter. Wow. Still two questions remaining. Special defenses. Special defenses. Uh, a regular harpy retain or has no special defenses. But this is not a regular harpy. This is not a regular harpy, and so you're going to assume that it probably does have the defenses that being a mummy would grant it to. Ah, okay. Grant to it. Uh, special qualities. Special qualities. It doesn't really have any special qualities per se, so I'll just go ahead and give you this one. You are aware that they do possess an 80 foot fly speed. <laughs> okay. Dang, they fast. Be careful. These were once harpies. Their song will lure you in like a siren. Mm. The front two speak. The first one looking out over all of you with her dead, empty eyes. We are the voices of the sun. Interesting. The other, you have been invited to treat with our mistress. Cast aside your weapons and tools, armor and cloth, that you may stand before the general is Tim Cabet in oh. true humility. Yeah, I, I see. I told you they were going to make us give up all of our stuff. Sue <laughs> so, so just kind of looks around. All right, we'll fight them. Fine. Yay, fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but we are not giving up our weapons, armor, anything. We do not recognize your pharaoh as our pharaoh. We will change your mind. Ah. They launch to the air, spinning their blades in unison. And... Ooh. I will need initiative from the party. Yay, excite! Aw, oh, man. First book five fight. Aw, oh, man, aw, oh, man. I hope I beat you in initiative just so I can put this fireball down before y'all rush all in there. What did they, <laughs> what did they call themselves? The Guardians, blah, blah, blah. The Voices of the Sun. Which voices is a sun. wild thing to Not say. Not to be confused with Voices of the Spire, which is Or like weird. people that follow Serenray. Well, yeah, it seems very Horus. like... Well, yeah, I, I know, oh, that's but... that's a good point, yeah. 
<laughs> the rays the were dark god. energy. I don't know. It's weird. And they're like undead. They probably don't love the this sun. This has all been, you know, perverted in some way, I'm sure. Yeah, it's odd. I don't like it. Well, I mean, mummies as a whole aren't evil in Osirian mythology. I mean, Osiris I mean, is a mummy. But harpies are pretty messed up most of the time. So, I imagine these are going to be pretty loyal, though, because you wouldn't have been interred with your you oh, know, well, master yeah. or mistress if you weren't the most loyal. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Just because... Just because they've been turned into a mummy doesn't mean they were evil in life. Oh no, it was more the mummies like undead and the sun don't always don't usually get along. Not because of evil or anything, just because Yeah, you know, I feel like sun would be bad for mummies because of like aging faster. But I guess they're magical mummies. Yeah, I was gonna say I imagine the, the magic. Oh god, makes this is such bad. a big map. This is a huge <laughs> map, I'm very concerned. Hey guys, I figured out where book five is. Well let's start with her. Hollis rolls a 14, which gets her a 21. Hey, you beat me. Woo! Sudi Contar. Sudi got a 15 for an 18. Masika of the Beckon. 13 for a 16. Citra Nahumra. Rolled an 8 for a 14. Now you just gotta hope they rolled low, Jess. Mm-hmm. You guys rolled initiative in the order in which I called upon it. That's interesting. Weird. Yeah, Citra's not used to fighting in the air, and uh, we're really high up. <laughs> Combat begins against the voices of the sun. The harpies get first initiative. Dang it, harpies. Well, that, there went your plan, Jess. <laughs> plus nine initiative modifier. Oh, well, dang it. Plus seven. Also, I unnecessarily there. rolled a 19. So 28 initiative is kind oh, of Oh, that was overkill. very unnecessary. They all burst into their captivating song. I hate them. Captivating song. I will need one, two, three, four will saves from the party. Let's and start with Hollis. Cheating. Is this uh, mind affecting? It is a mind-affecting charm effect. Okay, cool. I get a bonus. All right, Hollis. 21, 18, 22, 26. Okay, Sudi. 30, 31, 32, 33. Wow. Jesus. 15, 16, 17, 18. I don't know, man. Very that is weird. ridiculous. That, that wasn't in the order they rolled in, but that's how it oh, shook, yeah. shook out. I was going to say, if that's the order that no, they rolled in, No, if it was in, in that, that order, I would have been, like, flabbergasted. Masika of the Beckon. 30, 30, 35, 25. Okay. Citra Nahumra. 24, 25, 29, and 17. Ooh, almost had it. Well, we don't know what the DC is. Yeah, you all seem to be fine. Woo! woo. You're kidding. I rolled a six on that last one. Yay for getting the new cloak. There's <laughs> always one. Uh, they then take to the wing, each individually. As they begin to encircle all of you. Spreading out. And are they on even plane with us? Yes, they are all currently level with you. We'll call that uh, 500. Because you're all 500 feet up. So, Hollis Starkweather, I will need you to make four will safes. You're within the aura of despair of all four of them. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, God, are we going to have to roll this so many times? Uh, Nat 20 for a 30. 14 for a 24. 10 for a 20, uh, 13 for a 23. You seem to be good. You look out, the four harpies take to the wing. They burst into a hauntingly beautiful song that does oddly make you think of watching the sun rise over a beautiful but desolate desert plain. Hollis pulls out her lesser rod of quicken, and then she's going to go ahead and quicken a bone shaker on the harpy to the south of her, or I guess the harpy to the right of her, okay. uh, they get a, a fortitude save. Fortitude save. Mm-hmm. 24. Ah, dang it, they save. I grumble. Doesn't it still do damage? Not to or the undead. Some, oh, okay. I'm thinking of living things. Yeah, the undead is I could move it, which I was going to move it and then fireball them. But... All right, you still have a standard action remaining since you used your Rod of Quickening for that. Instead, I will do... A thing. A thing. It's very hard to make up this decision. I don't want to use all my good stuff right now. I mean, how many more rooms could there be? A thousand. Uh, we've seen the size <laughs> of the map. You've, you've tipped your hand on that. Yeah. Like as big as the dang Sphinx. Hey, you don't fine. know. A magic lot of that could missile. just be empty space. Hollis wow. like snorts and disgust in magic missiles. The one to her right. All right, the one she tried to bone shake her. Yep. Two. 17 force damage. 
Your missile slice into your foe, cutting into it as it does not appear to react at all to the injury. However, you do seem to have done enough damage that you can see thin trails of, like, the dust and sand packed inside of the mummy's body trailing out of it. Hmm. As it slowly deflates. Uh, I will need you to make a fly check. You are hovering. I get a 19. Yep, you're good. City Contar. I will need four will saves. Oh my gosh. All right. If pertinent, it is a mind-affecting fear effect. Okay, so I get a bonus. All right, first one is a perfect 20 for a 35. The next one is a 10 for a 25. 11 for a 26. And an 8 for a 23. You appear to be good. Okay, cool. So imagine you kind of turn in place, still trying to get used to like these flappy little wings on the sides of your boots flying you around. It's just kind of balance yourself. <laughs> flapping around like I'm Hermes here. Yeah, basically. Um, so I'll use a swift action to switch to pummeling style and then... Um, okay, so question for you, and this I think may fall under G GM Fiat on whether this is possible. So I have the flying kick ability if I do a flurry of blows, which I can move um, the extra movement speed that my monk ability gives me. So I can move 20 feet. But I'm currently flying... So I don't know if that that movement bonus would apply. We're in weird territory right now where I'm not sure. From what I can understand of the exact wording of flying kick, it states that before the attack, the monk can move a distance equal to their fast movement bonus. It says nothing about you having to be currently using your fast movement bonus, only that you may flying kick a distance equal to that bonus. <laughs> so as long as you're not like paralyzed or restrained or anything like that, I wouldn't see a reason why that that wouldn't apply. All right, cool. So Sudi lifts his leg up and then, like, flies forward to the closest one, <laughs> which is 15 feet away. And I'm going to full, I'm gonna flurry of blows him. All right. That, that ability is getting some interesting mileage. Um, okay, here we go. Okay, that is a 19 for a 37. A 37 will strike your target. For 12 points of damage. Very well. A solid kick. Okay. The next one is an 11 for a 29. A 29 will also strike your target. That is for 14 points of damage. All right. All right, last one. Uh, that's not so great. Um, so that is a 9 for a 22. A 22 will not strike your target. Okay, well, hey, 2 out of 3 is not bad. So you slam your opponent home twice, taking us from Sudi, Masika the Beckon. Four will saves. Okay. I will also need a fly check from Sudi because you move less than half of your movement speed. Oh, too true. To keep yourself from stumbling. Before I even look at it, I'm looking at a 18. Oh, no. Okay. Then you're good. All right. So Masika gets a 33, a 20, a 21, and a 31. You're good. All right. I am going to cast Flame Blade and then ready in action to swing at one of the harpies if they come within range. Okay. Narmer, tell Hootie to sing. Ash, uh, sing whatever your heart desires. What do you want your little uh, thing to sing? Inspiring anthem. Everybody within all allies within sixty feet get a plus one morale on attack and damage rolls. Cool. Okay. And that lasts until we tell the bird to stop singing. <laughs> wow, it doesn't run out of rounds. Uh uh. Cool. <laughs> Not very stealthy, but cool. <laughs> it's a very loud bird. Wait until I sunder it. <laughs> yeah, rude. Hootie just got here. Yep. Narmer has a little friend. Don't be mean to Narmer's little friend. <laughs> just to clarify the, the rules mechanics on it, uh, technically it's a free action for you to declare what the thing's doing. So this wasn't Heather attempting to take advantage of Narmer having an extra standard action to make the thing do a thing. It's Narmer's little pet is how I'm playing this. I was just defending you in case people thought you were trying to power game by making Narmer take actions for your no. thing. No. <laughs> No, anyway. he's Narmer's little pet. Yeah, I just that's just what I assumed. <laughs> right. um, Preemptively heading that off. Citra, don't Citra add Citra would like to, let's see, do you need... Oh, I apologize. Uh, I did need four will saves at the beginning of this. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Citra. you get a bonus. I get plus two. That's correct. You do have a trait that gives you a plus two bonus against uh, aura, aura of Despair. All right, so I rolled an 18... Yeah, that'll do it. I rolled a natural one. Oh, no. So that gives me a 
14. Okay. 7 for a 20. And a 13 for a 26. I have a feeling my plan is not going to go how I wanted to anymore. I think Welcome you're going to be feared. You are paralyzed with fear. Yep. Am I dropping to the ground? So apparently there's a debate about this. Isn't there always? Of course. The debate on this and what I may have done incorrectly with Sarathet is that Paralyzed does specifically state that a winged creature flying in the air at the time that it becomes Paralyzed cannot flap its wing and falls. But I am magically flying. Correct. The debate on this comes in where it states that a Paralyzed character has effectively a dexterity and strength scores of zero and is helpless but can take purely mental actions. Is using the fly skill to hover a purely mental action while it is a magical effect? Because technically you're not allowed to take an action, which would include the action to use to hover. Because you would have to make a fly check. I am going to rule that while paralyzed, you can use, as long as the mag- it is a magical effect, that you're effectively using thought. Because again, you're not magically propelling yourself, or you're not propelling yourself through the air, you're magically pushing yourself. With thought, Citra is paralyzed. I'm not going to say that she immediately falls, although I will need you to make a fly check because you are now just floating there. Okay, I'm about to fall, guys. I rolled a two. Shoot. Uh, how far from the ground are we? And when I have a turn, can I dispel her and give her, and that would give her feather fall? Well, I have that fun scimitar, but I don't know if it works. You can't use it if you're you can't paralyzed. You can't use it if you're paralyzed with fear. Because oh, right. the spell's not being dispelled, so you're not going to get the benefit of If I cast Remove Fear on her, she'll be freed of the fear of the well, effect. Let, let me clarify this. Technically, when she fails her check at the beginning of the round, she starts falling that round, which means that she will fall the full 500 feet before the end of her turn. Whoa! So I'm dead. 500 once feet. you hit terminal once you hit terminal velocity it does so much so much damage <laughs> citra plummets I roll damage not the worst roll none of this makes me feel better so citra you fall Narmer lets out a scream I imagine that there's a start from Hollis and Masika as well Sudi unfortunately being too into it to probably have time We're to process to you her. falling. Yeah, your yeah. back you is. You don't even know I've fallen. After falling 200 feet, you reach terminal velocity. Citra then continues to plummet. Citra, paralyzed with fear, the world rotates around you as you flip up and see the ground, the pyramid, the ground, the pyramid, as one grows larger and the other grows smaller. You strike the ground for 82 points of damage as there is a crack of stone and earth under you as you impact, as falling damage does cap at 20d6. Thankfully, it does. I'm not dead. All right, good. You smash into the ground. Air blows out of you. Again, it's almost that when you impact just to justify this on some logical level that you feel all of your magical wards and shielding and deflection and everything smash underneath you. Hey. As you do also 86 points of damage to the flagstone you impact. Oof. Hey, there are people that have been parachuting out of planes whose chute haven't deployed and they've fallen that far and survived. So it's possible. possible. It's that usually they, they survive because they hit something soft. <laughs> Flagstone, not soft. Sand is soft. Or they landed flat on their back and it distributed. There's a bunch of factors, yeah, but yeah. There's, there's yeah, a bunch of true. weird reasons why you can survive that. Citra, as you smash into the ground, I'm sure your brain just kind of rushes with the, uh, God, how am I alive? Maybe it's this ring I just bought. I'm going to assume that it's this ring I just bought. What are you talking about? You've just upgraded your ring of protection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> and then I'm sure there's probably that thought in the back of your mind that if you'd fallen like 15 feet over, you would have landed inside of the alligator pool. Oh. <laughs> oh, that would have been sad. You'd have killed the alligators. That's actually kind of funny. Or been eaten by alligators. <laughs> it would have been a yielding surface, though. Yeah, I think it would have knocked... Actually, I think once no, you hit terminal velocity, it doesn't it. adjust the damage any longer. Because <laughs> hitting water at terminal velocity is pretty much the same as hitting concrete. Yep. So Citra plummets out of the sky, probably to the screams of Hollis and Masika. And then as Sudi kicks this guy, is like, usually I have Citra to back me up and then turns in time to see her falling down to the earth below. Uh, Fortunately, even from this range, none of you can hear the sickening impact. You can't hear all my bones break. No, she isn't moving. The the worst part about it is rules is written. You didn't break any bones. (laughs) Is she paralyzed or is she dead? 
technically my magical protections theoretically could have kept my bones from breaking. <laughs> That's true. But, but I'm not dead, guys. Narmer well, just like know. grabs onto Masika's shoulder and then looks her in the face. I'm gonna go check on her. Do that immediately, please. You humans survive just kind of fall, right? Oh shit, you're <laughs> Oh god, no! He then like leaps off. As a side note, also, in case anyone decides to write in, I do not use the optional uh, massive damage death rules. Yes, because (laughs) there are certain cases where there are monsters that can kill you in one hit with the massive damage rules. So that's true. I reserve that for Call of Cthulhu. I was going to say, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, and we, that's just kind of cheap. And it's like, oh, and the wizard just got cut in half. That brings us to the Voices of the Sun. Hmm. Hollis levels a hateful glare. So the first one flies up and strikes out at Hollis. Did you do anything to up your AC? A little bit. (laughs) Uh, Up to a 32? No. No! (laughs) (laughs) I had to ask. Uh. Slicing into Hollis for nine points of damage. Uh, That continues to fly past in its flyby attack and ends flanking Sudi. The second one flies straight up to Hollis. Hey, they're clustering. And lashes out with a Kopesh, striking out with a 25. Yeah, that hits me. 25. Striking you for 12 points of damage. Third one, full out attack Sudi, uh, successfully hovering. It then attacks with a 30. I think so, yes, that's on the nose. Dang it. Uh, striking Sudi for 11 points of damage. Okay. Following that up with a 28. And uh, 28 will miss. All right. And the 25, I believe, will miss as well. Yes, it will. That was with the plus two for flanking. That wasn't great. The fourth one flies up to Masika, which Aim. will trigger Masika's readied action. Hey, nice. Double check. It's a me- flame blade acts as a melee touch attack. Uh, I roll an 11, which gets me a 21 total. A 21 will hit your target's touch, I say. Which is going to be 10. 10 points of fire damage as your blade whips around, lashes out, strikes your target. It burns. It doesn't go up. Like... You understand mummies should. Huh. It seems to affect it normally. Uh, there is an arid stench that comes off of it as the blade cuts into it. That This acrid smell that burns your nose and causes your eyes to water. Hmm. You wonder if it's maybe something to do with the weird black wrappings that they have on. Hmm. Hollis Starkweather. Hmm. Sudi's perfectly fine if you want to fireball them now. <laughs> they may have just killed Citra. That is true. You have no idea what's happened to Citra. Exactly. I am going to quicken resist energy fire communal Masika and myself, because I can't touch Sudi. You're too far away. That's fine. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to fireball directly on top of all of us. Sweet. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, y'all. If Citra was up there, she could have used her cool ring of elemental resistance. I know. <laughs> I could have given you the communal resistance. Well, I was just saying she could have also she then absorbed it. Ring. She could have absorbed oh, yeah. the power into it and create a fire shield around her. Yep. That would have been awesome. Citra's missing out. So that's <laughs> 120. So we each have an hour of this. So 120, you said? No, it's not 120 resistance. I believe it's a yeah. 30 resistance. I was very confused. That's why I was like. <laughs> 120 fire resistance? When would I even need that? <laughs> 30 resistance. You need that when you go swimming in lava and you still wouldn't need all that. And then um, they get a reflex save. It should hit all of them. I think all of them are within. Including casting the fireball normally, correct? Yeah. Okay. You will need to make a concentration check to cast that on the defensive unless you want to just take the attack opportunity. No, I don't want to take an attack opportunity. Fortunately, a quicken spell means that it does not provoke attacks of opportunity because the spell goes off too fast. Okay. So 11 plus 12 is 23 plus 4. 27 plus 7 is 34. 34? Yes. All right. And they all get reflex saves, correct? Including yes. Sudi. And Masika. Including Sudi. All of us. I guess including myself, too. Citra's on the ground going, uh, I passed my own save. The save DC is a 20, so it's not like the highest save okay. DC. Okay. Masika passes. Okay. Barely, but Masika passes. Yeah. Sudi rolls an 18 for a 30, so I'm good. Oh. Masika rolls a 13, which gets her a 21. So barely, but Masika passes. <laughs> Two things, because one, I forgot to do this a second ago, and that was my bad. But I did let you guys go back recently, so I'll consider this fair. Uh, Jordan, how much damage did I do to you? Uh, 11. Uh, Sorry, that should have been 19. So 19 total damage. Okay. And then you said the save DC was 20? 
Yeah. All of them except for the one fighting Masika succeed. The one fighting Masika rolls a natural one uh, and fails. One of them rolls a natural 20. Uh, the I other failed. three evaded entirely with their evasion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, but this one really? can take it full in the frickin' face. <laughs> Just when you thought you'd gotten rid of the flying rogues, they're back, but now in dead. 35. Jeez. And I get 10 temporary hit points because it's evocation. Fair enough. Masika That's saves fine. for half, and then with her fire resistance, she doesn't take any. Nice. So she saves for nothing. Nice. What about your little clockwork guy that's on your shoulder? I'm joking. I would have <laughs> touched it if it was a thing to touch. It, it is actually a separate creature. Yeah, okay, I mean, technically speaking. That is the thing is it does not function it as a familiar. It does have a plus five reflex save. Well, I can have touched it as well, so. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. Go ahead and make have it make a reflex save if it's still on your shoulder because it is caught in the area of effect. It rolls a 19 and gets a 24. That's okay. it. It, ha- it so has to It's good. So it's fine. If it helps, Masika, and I'll let you decide if you want to do this or not. Uh huh. I would be okay if you say that it is inside. If it if you takes full cover inside of your bag and you just reduce the radius for its performance by half. So instead of sixty feet, it's thirty feet once entirely inside your bag. All right. Sounds fair. It's mostly just a problem when you're caught by area effects, mm. which unfortunately that's kind of par for the course for us. <laughs> Well, usually I don't firebomb the party. It's just... Well, we've also had this happen where we get fireballed or cone of cold or whatever, so that it happens mm-hmm. more often than not, feels like. So, yeah, there's an explosion far above. The one next Sudi. to Masika's hurt. Yeah, um, the one next to Masika's taking a hit. All right, uh, Sudi is going to take a five-foot step. All right, you do have, a, natural, you do have a fly to... speed right now, so yeah. Yeah, so I'll take a five-foot float over. Oh, that's not a, not a great start. That is a four for a 22, 23 with the singing. 23 will not strike your target. Boo! This is better. That is an 11 for a 30. A 30 will strike your foe. Hey. That is 11 points of damage. All right. And Striking into one. it, of course, still feeling that resistance since that's your first hit. And that is 15 for a 29. A 29 will strike your target. Okay, 14 points of damage on that one. And all of that goes through. All right, now the part I dread, the fly check. All right, I rolled a 9, which gives me a 20. A 20 will succeed, though. Woo! As Sudi manages to continue to hover, bringing us to Masika of the Beckon. Uh, Masika will swing twice at the one that that she's hit that has also been pretty injured with her flame blade. Nice. Light him up. Uh, the first swing's only a 15, but it's against melee touch, so... A 15 will barely hit your target as you bring your blade around and lash out. I do 11 points of fire damage. Uh, the second it's swing singed. is a 17. A 17 will strike your target. And I do 10 points of fire damage. Um, and then Narmer... Into your foe again. Narmer has, yeah, Narmer has a 50-foot perfect fly speed. He's going to shoot down towards the ground like a bullet to check on Citra. Farewell. Narmer takes the air, comes flying down. Very distantly, Citra, you can hear this shout as you see the small speck descending down from the sky. Citra! <laughs> There's like a little, like, the anime, like, like, light, and it hits the little, like, gleam, and then you just see the bullet coming down. <laughs> it's a fish-shaped bullet just going through, and there's, like, a little sonic boom. <laughs> Citra, you lay on the ground, aching as you stare up. You can't even really see, like, it's 500 feet away from you. You're gonna hope that your side is winning? There's an explosion. Maybe that's good. (laughs) In her head, she's thinking, that's probably Hollis. And then there's this steadily growing brighter dot soaring down towards you. She's not sure if that's uh, one of the harpies Coming to finish the job. One of her people. So, some, so she's going to reach something. into her handy haversack. Oh, you're still paralyzed. Oh. Sorry, no, you can't do nothing. <laughs> As you're staring up into and the I sky. Just, then Citra continues to stare into the sky, waiting for the paralysis to end. Hopefully, Tetman saw and he's going to come out and help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, the way that he closed that door was very much a you're on your own kid. You're on your own, guys. But you stare up into the sky watching your friends fight far above, knowing that you're probably out of this and Sudi and Hollis and Masika are on their own. 
And we'll pick it up here next time. Dang it. I thought you were I dead. I really thought I was dead. Like I was I was resigned to it. I was like ready to close my notebook. I was like dead. That would have been such a That would have been a way to die. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.